you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. You know that feeling when you walk into your home, take a deep breath, and feel new? Well, that's what it's like to use Clorox Sentiva. Because Clorox Sentiva smells like coconut, cleans like Clorox, and feels like energy. It'll elevate any cleaning routine to not just clean, but also make every room smell like a tropical coconut getaway. Discover how Clorox Sentiva's powerful clean and refreshing scents can transform your space. Get yours in coconut or other fabulous scents at a nearby retail store. I'm so excited to tell you JCPenney and country music singer-songwriter Walker Hayes are partnering together on a new limited-time men's collection for the everyday guy. What I love about Walker Hayes is his laid-back nature. He's a family man and being a country megastar while also having seven kids. You know he likes to keep his style cool and casual. This new collection is perfect for the guy living the t-shirt life or someone wanting some fresh options that feel just as good. It's easy to wear, affordable styles that celebrate the ultimate family man, along with the quality, durability, and sensibility dads appreciate. Available online Saturday, May 4th at jcp.com and in-store Thursday, May 16th. Just in time for Father's Day. Limited time only. JCPenney, make it count. Hi and hello, football fans. Make sure you check out the new episode of the Dave Damashek Football Program. We've got Josh Norman of the Carolina Panthers talking about his contract situation, the Denver Broncos, Batman versus Superman, and beyond, we've got the world champion T.J. Ward with a little family reunion here. Maurice Jones-Drew and he get together here in Studio 66. Plus, we're reacting to RG3 to the Cleveland Browns with Handsome Hank. Check it out on iTunes or NFL.com slash podcasts. The Around the NFL podcast is still beefing with the Move the Sticks podcast. Welcome back to another edition of the Around the NFL podcast. My name is Dan Hansis, and I am joined by a room filled with traditional heroes. Mark Sessler, Chris Wessling, and Greg Rosenthal. What's up, boys? Hey, Dan. Welcome back, Mark. Thank you. Listener or a uh, yeah listener tweeted at me. Yesterday, when is Mark coming back? I miss his moodiness. <laughs> well, you know, listen, as long as you're missed, I don't care for what reason. You're absolutely missed. We missed you. I mean, of all the – and I said this yesterday on Wednesday's show, and I'll bring it up again. Of all the damn days for you to miss, the one where Aaron Rodgers tells a podcast that he saw a UFO. I, I uh, you know, you call for vengeance all the time. This yeah. is this is what stirs me up. Do you want to declare it? Why don't we have a podcast on Tybee Island the next time Wes is out? Wow. What? Or we'll, we'll talk about being like a cynical contrarian the next time Greg is out. <laughs> or we'll talk about what it was like to grow up in a coal town the next time Dan's, uh, you know, on a vacation. Wow. It wasn't easy. These are all I mean, this is points. absurd. Cynical contrarian. Absurd. I don't know. I didn't know what to, I didn't know what to go with for Greg. You know what? 
Greg didn't like that. But he disagrees with his contrarian. Well, a, I guarantee I Greg does not believe in UFOs if I had to take a guess. It was all well, you already time. knew that. So now you're now you're the one uh, pretending things. I knew it. I knew it because I guessed it two minutes ago. Well, we talked about it. it. I'm going to go back and listen because I'm in. Well, here's um, the thing yeah. that's happened since we I talked. I love when Greg Rogers. gets pissed. I've got, an, I've got an update. Great. I've listened to this podcast now, and it's about a lot more than uh, just aliens. It's about spirituality and uh and gets into some very deep topics. And I would recommend it. Go listen to You Made It Weird with Pete Holmes and Aaron Rodgers and maybe uh, make you think a little differently about old Mr. Rodgers. Would you say Pete Holmes is now your favorite comedian? No. <laughs> uh, so, Mark, why don't, just so you're on the record, you deserve to be on the record on this, um, your statement on life outside humanity. A statement. I mean, I, Higher I think I'm very open to... The idea of stuff beyond what we can understand uh, being around, and I don't understand that whole topic, but I'm I'm open to believing it. Yeah. What would happen to your life if you became convinced that you saw some type of alien spacecraft? I think it would. Well, I think it would change your perspective on a lot of things. But also, the one thing that's probably tough is the minute that you go around saying that you've seen anything like that, every know-it-all on terra firma comes out to tell you it can exist, you're wrong. No one knows. But that's to me, that's, that's just, a straw man argument because I think this conversation that uh-oh. Rogers has, has had, and I loved listening to it, and I'm you know a skeptic, uh, I don't think anyone's come at it with that. I think people are, on the most part, pretty open to the possibility. I guess what I'm saying in general, people that say that they've had an interaction with aliens or UFOs, are the immediate response, overall response is ridicule or you don't believe them. Not for Aaron Rodgers. Not, not in this room. I th- am I wrong? This room was like, a typical response, am I wrong to people? That, for the most part, people want to believe, I think. Or, or they do have uh, some level of hope for belief. There will always be a segment of the population will, that will label that person kind of a wacko. I think it's changed more it's than f- where we were in 1947 or whatever when Roswell which happened. Is, which is That's funny there. because there's been no evidence uh, since then to uh, See, make if it you, any but more But if you dig, there is evidence which possible. is roundly dismissed. That's what I'm saying. You know, everyone just says there's no evidence. But what is personal accounts and wh- – I mean, what is evidence in general? We should actually – you know, we say it all the time. You know, we'll, we'll get into this later on our Unidentified Flying Object podcast. <laughs> but maybe we should at some point during the summer literally have a podcast about alien life. I'm not even joking. Like, and we'll Let's make it, it very clear in the in the heading. Like, don't. This is not going to be about football. This will be just 45 <laughs> minutes. Greg is probably not going to be involved. I would assume. I think he should be. Why? Because I have a differing viewpoint. No, because you wouldn't want to be. I would, no, I would want to be. You got to have a balance. It's got to. Why be you on edge? You're on edge because of what Mark said to start. The I'm show. not on edge at all. You're misreading the situation. All right. So maybe we'll do that later in the summer. But right now, there's a lot of football to talk about still. Good show coming up. I'm going to give this a pre-show grade of B+. And I'll tell you why. Daniel Jeremiah is back on the show today. DJ? Move the sticks, of course. Uh, Building a mini empire here at NFL Media. This is his time of the year. He is one of the best um, draft analysts really in the entire industry. And I think uh, if you ask, really ask around uh, the football – uh, what is it, globe? Well, here's who you sure. can ask. They'll tell you. They'll say DJ's one of the best in the business. Here's who you can ask. Two teams in the NFC that offered him big-time jobs, according there you to go. multiple Absolutely. So That's D- bona fides. So we're going to get DJ in here and talk a little NFL draft and what's going on in the QBs and the top of the class. 
Uh, Carson Wentz Pro Day on Thursday. We'll talk about that with him. We'll dig in on that. And uh, then we will also get into some news. And there was some huge news uh, that came uh, late in the morning Pacific time or mid-morning Pacific time about a certain quarterback who um, a big sloganeering quarterback out of Baylor University who had a star-crossed ride in our nation's capital and now um, calls home a new city, a new city that Mark Sessler has ties to. I'm going to leave it right there. Just For anybody that doesn't read the news or and only <laughs> It would knows, be weird. So much. Yeah, it would be very strange if you only know the NFL through this podcast. <laughs> And you're hanging on the on the edge of your seat right now. RG three signed with a team that we're going to get into. As um, if we didn't talk about this team enough, now right. we've got a whole another couple years. Of Wes, you actually, were, I'll give you you were actually crestfallen when this news came down, weren't you? Well, I just, in my opinion, we already hear too much about the Browns. No, oh, uh, spoiler alert, bro. He dropped breadcrumbs all over the place. If they could tell by what now, what about that guy that doesn't read any other news? Yeah, I think he, he just picked, checked. He, he just paused the it. podcast and checked the internet. It took about five he seconds. Do that. So you yeah. mentioned RG three's name and a city that Mark Sessler has ties to. I, I imagine Mark this has been to like has, fourteen colleges. Mark's actually never lived and in lived Cleveland. in seven states. Our listeners Weird, have deducing powers greater than that. Whatever, bro. You just stole that from Carl, our listener. <laughs> Sorry, Carl. With selective ears. My apologies. Anyway. Yeah, so we're going to do some news. Then we'll get DJ in here, and then we'll get out of here. A lot to talk about, a lot to get to. Before we do, let's check in with the Irishman behind the glass. What's up, buddy? I'm just looking forward to the Alien podcast, the UFO podcast. I watch all that weird stuff on TV, so I'm ready to go. Well, yeah, A-Rod, a- uh, big ancient aliens guy. Yeah, he was actually wearing wife likes that an ancient too. aliens hat uh, during the interview before the, any of that stuff came up. I would wear one of those. I would. Would you? Oh, yeah. 100%. I've watched some. Now we know what to get you for a going away gift. I've watched oh, some ancient good. aliens. Uh, See? You have? Yeah. It's interesting. But you just watch like, nah. No, it's a good show. I mean, I haven't watched a ton, but Emika likes it. My wife. All right, good. Let's do some news, bud. Bruce Wayne meets Clark Kent. Ah, I love it. I love bringing people together. Wow. Little, wow. T- little TD action right Yikes. there. Yikes. I've been, uh, I've been waiting like three years for this. Are uh, you excited? Oh, 100 percent. Oh my god! I am. Uh, I'm a big fan of um, Schadenfreude. Freud? How do you pronounce that? Schadenfreude. Schadenfreude. Uh, the reviews of this movie are awful. Uh, Superman versus Batman. I think you Dawn can find, of Justice. See, like I I found ones that are good. So I. I think you find that, what you want to see. I re- my, one, my favorite thing was. Well, go ahead, Dan. No, I was just say one because that was Lex Luthor as played by Jesse Eisenberg. Uh, I read one review, uh, I've been consuming these bad reviews, that said that Jesse Eisenberg thinks he's Heath Ledger in The Dark Knight and is just going for it hardcore, only it's not landing on any level. It's a very odd casting choice. He was, he's been buried. I liked the tweet. I don't know if it was a retweet that you did, Wes. It you was, know what I'm uh, talking about? Pat Doherty of Roto-World. Yeah. And what, what was it? It was, like, it was like, what? The the movie <laughs> of like men in costumes? It like, was fighting? like a movie... An adults movie made out of kids superheroes is bad. Like, sh- like I'm shocked. <laughs> Brandon, you don't like hearing that type of talk, right? Well, I'm gonna stay positive. I mean, yeah, I don't care if people don't like it. I'm gonna like it. Superman remains the worst movie I've ever seen. The one that came out a few years ago. Uh, By yeah. far the, yeah, yeah, that was the worst movie I've ever seen. It's it like willing suspension of disbelief went out in the first thirty seconds and never returned. 
Uh, a, a superhero film done well is excellent. The Dark Knight is still one of my favorite movies of the Very last good. 10 years. Uh, but they can go bad. Well, I'm happy that you're excited for it. Yep, and all the, to all the haters, I don't care what you think. There you go. I like that. I like that. All right, let's do some news. Yes, Robert Griffin III is now a member of the Cleveland Browns. Um, a move that went down on Thursday. The Browns confirmed it on uh, Thursday afternoon. Uh, Rap Sheet reports the deals for two years. It's worth a total of $15 million with $6.75 million guaranteed. Uh, Rap Board added that RG3 is set to make $7.5 million in 2016 and $3.5 million coming in the form of a signing bonus. Um, and then you break down, what does this mean? Okay, this means RG3. Um, ostensibly, he replaces uh, Johnny Manziel on that roster, but it also probably paves the way for Josh McCown being out of town. You don't need two veteran QBs like that, so he's either going to get traded or released. And then you assume, Mark Sessler, that then the Browns go and get a quarterback at the top of the draft. All that said, this feels like I'm not going to kill the Browns, but it just feels like it's hard to picture a scenario where this is going to work out, that this is the right spot, especially if they're going to ask RG3 to come in and start week one. Don't I, mean, I don't love it. I, I hear you. I think that it would be disingenuous for anyone to suddenly turn around and be super excited about Robert Griffin after what we've seen post-2012. It's really fair. I mean, he essentially couldn't have done more to fall from grace in Washington the thing for me with Cleveland, anyone watching this team and what's a little different right now versus, honestly, bona fide any coach they've had since the reboot is that I think it's fair to trust Hugh Jackson and his track record that if he brings quarterback A in, it's not a 20-year deal. It's not going to go on forever, but I he deserves a little bit more trust than the previous coaching staff or the eight before it to see something he likes in a quarterback and maybe do more with it than the previous group. But RG3 is, at best, I mean, what what's the the upside here is a complete mystery. I think we're still obsessed with something that happened in 2012, and that's not good with any player in the NFL, especially a quarterback. Well, I think the upside is similar production, but in a different style and play to what Josh McCown did for them, which is why on, on the face of it, it's curious to me. Like to me, that is a best case scenario of, of is, is RG three playing like Josh McCown did on the other hand, Josh McCown's not Hugh Jackson's quarterback. So it's a different system. He knows his system better. He doesn't, he had, he, I think they've made it clear. They really aren't interested in Josh McCown. He believes in RG three. I don't know if it's a good move for Cleveland. I think it is a good move for RG three. I think he, landed in a great spot, all things considered, even though they don't have a lot of talent on the offensive line and, and wide receivers. To have a quarterback's guru type of coach that believes in you, that's willing to pay you $7.5 million this year, which is right on the borderline of like, I'm at the very top of the backups but or I'm at the bottom of the starter. I think that is better than I would have possibly imagined. I think for RG3, he has to be really happy. And if ever he's going to turn around his career, I think he at least has a shot here with Hugh Jackson. There are two avenues to acquire a franchise quarterback in today's NFL. An early round draft pick, or as Chip Kelly said when he traded for Sam Bradford last year, the only way I can trade for this guy is because he's injured. And RG3 is a guy who's not the same player anymore physically because of his injuries. He didn't play last year. He didn't play last year, and the last time we saw him on a field, he was a broken quarterback. He had mechanical issues. He had brain issues. He had confidence issues. He didn't trust what he was seeing in the pocket. He had the yips. 
He needs to be broken down and broken down and built back up again. And Hugh Jackson's the right guy to do that. Can he fix his footwork? Can he fix his confidence? Yeah. Can he fix speed that used to be four three eight and now can't beat a linebacker to the edge? I don't know. But to me, can he fix the fact that RG3's instincts when he runs doesn't know when to get down? Russell Wilson has the greatest instincts I've ever seen. RG3 has among the worst for when to take a hit, when to get down. Can can Hugh Jackson fix those things? I'm very skeptical. I think he's a guy who needs to be rebooted and is a long-term project, not a guy who's going to start week one. He got Chase Daniel money when you break down the contract, and Chase Daniel got paid because he's a backup in Philly, but there is an idea or a thought that not only could he end up uh, getting ahead of Sam Bradford, but potentially be the solution there. That's why I don't quite get the move from the Browns' standpoint. RG3, and this is when we're talking darkest timeline on the last podcast, the darkest timeline to me for the Browns was you sign RG3 and then talk yourselves out of drafting a quarterback at the top of the first round because you think you can make that work. I hope that's not what's going to happen I here. I would be stunned. I, I, re- I hope that's not what's going to happen. But the re- I mean, when you look at the money and you look at what the most likely scenario is, is that they get somebody at number two, it, why would you pay – more money to basically have a, a placeholder. I don't quite get that. Why not just it, keep Josh McCown in that in that case? But I mean, you well, it, then you're arguing for Josh McCown, and I think the one thing that we throw out the window sometimes with this is that Josh McCown was never someone that Hugh Jackson pursued. Right. No, the but last I'm not arguing for jo- Josh McCown. I'm saying I don't or, think the money is too crazy. The money is for the it's Cleveland's a one year deal. Ultimately, it, I think his agent did a great job because it doesn't seem like there was much competition for him. So I agree that he seems like a couple million dollars overpaid. But ultimately, it's a one year really good backup type of deal. So that that worked out well for RG3. But it's a one year deal. I mean, I I, I think it, to me, it's about 50 50 whether this guy's on the roster in 2017 because I'm not you know, I just think they'll They'll draft someone, and that's going to be. And also, it's. I mean, we can we can hear this all the time with, oh, you know what? We're going to draft Marcus Mariota, but we want to redshirt him. Oh, we want to redshirt Blake Bortles. Nobody does that anymore, really. Well, but they talk about it with Blake Bortles. They talked about Chad Henney is going to start all 16 games, and we had sandwiches right away. What week are we going to see it? (laughs) It was early as week three, and the reality is, I don't think RG three. If they draft someone at number two, he is. It's. I'd be surprised if he's the week one starter. If that young quarterback shows promise, unless so, you're why are you paying that much money then? If you're gonna just put him on the bench, how much did you want them to pay him? So they so they can't get him for less, and he waits until someone needs a quarterback more. I mean, then what? You have to chase after Ryan Fitzpatrick. You have to chase after Kaepernick. He do, they don't want McCown. They it don't want the guy any they of the wanted. quarterbacks they have. It was the guy they wanted. Money's a factor because Fitzpatrick wanted more money. He also probably, in his heart of hearts, just wants that more money from the Jets. So what what were you going to do? I It does show a level of belief and interest, I think, in RG3 that I'm surprised about. That they, I, I, When I saw the money, I thought, okay. I, that they they do see him as that 1B sort of option, that he has a good chance to start week one. I don't think anyone can say, oh, the plan is for him to start week one. Well, that's great. They have not seen him on a field. The fact they have not seen him on a field that, oh, by the way, the number two overall pick in the draft is going to be on right next to him. And if one guy's way better than the other, right. you're not going to sell to the team that we're going to start RG3. Here's why I don't believe that. RG3 right now, 2016, is more of a project than the top prospects coming out of college. Mm. The Browns, there is, and this is not about salary and not about uh, analytics or anything like that, but the other thing that struck me is something I, I was a little turned off about. It was just, 
you know, the Browns have 24 starters since they came back into the league in 99, and they're kind of a cursed franchise of quarterback. RG3, just uh, he just seems to be a lot of bad juju around. Putting RG3 and the Browns together, it's hard for me to, like, picture well, a scenario where this works a out. A question for you, and I hear yes. what you're saying, but you had a sandwich on RG3 going within the first 48 hours. 72. Uh, 72. 72. So that really only would surround a couple teams. And at this point, really only the team that was probably going to pursue him was Denver and Cleveland. I don't have a huge problem with them going after him, but if you're going to say they shouldn't have done this, you have to have another solution. And the solution is definitively not on the roster. Well, the solution so, is the number two overall pick. But but, but, yeah, but then they're they going to get killed it. for throwing a number two pick behind a diminished offensive line in an offense with no weapons. But that's what the NFL is. Now. I think you have to have another option for the number two overall pick. You can't just say he's definitely starting no matter what. Well, Josh McCown. It's just a little surprising that it's RG3. But well, you're ignoring they, the fact that they the current coach want... doesn't want Josh McCown. Yeah, well, but it's McCown's okay for us to question that. It's fine to question it, but I'm questioning the fact that if you're going to say this is just bad because RG3 is bad karma and all this thing feels I, no, Cleveland's I think it's cursed, on multiple levels. But you have to have another solution. And if, if they don't want... That's my solution. If they don't want McCown, though... You're asking my solution. That's my solution. So I, you're saying that you would just do something that the coaching staff doesn't believe in, basically. No, I'm so, you're asking me like if I was the coaching staff. If I believe in a number two You'd pick keep McCown. quarterback, I'd keep McCown as my backup at four and a half million, whatever it is, I mean, McCown, get my guy and start him week one. McCown has shown no more ability to stay healthy than RG3 or anyone else. It's cheaper, though. I Barely. With a team with a ton of cap room. Right. What is the deal? It's They can cut them next offseason. I'm not going to I'm not gonna kill them Kill them for the money. They're going to get killed no matter what they do. I don't until they win. So. Yes, I, they will. I, I, they deserve to be killed. I think That's fine, but I'm they're gonna, going to be, too. I'm going to... It's not so much about the money as just... Like Wes said, the last time we saw him, he was broken down. He didn't play at all last year. Two coaching staffs have given up on him. Right now, he was at a low point in his career, and this is a great opportunity for him, better than you would have expected. For what it's worth, Josh McCown, $4.3 million, so they're going to pay you know RG3 about $3 million more than that. Nothing too crazy. Uh, all right, let's move on. I'm sure there will be plenty to talk about uh, that situation as it develops. RG3 in Cleveland. I mean, it is. It is. We are going to – it is kind of – they are asking for it. You know what I'm saying? They yeah. are asking for it. It was not a, a a move that's afraid of getting criticism because they know people are going to be watching this. Yeah, and I think I think part of it with me, Mark, is like same thing with the Sashi hire and stuff. For this this off season, I'm I'm just taking a more skeptical stance on. I don't on I don't moves. have a problem. I I bought in in the past, like along with you, with different things, regimes and moves they've made. I don't know. I'm just a little more uh, step back with them this year. We'll see what happens. Uh, the Colts have a new cornerback. His name is Patrick Robinson. Uh, they announced Wednesday that he signed a three-year contract with $14 million, $6 million guaranteed. He's a former 32, uh, 32 pick in the 2010 NFL Draft, five up-and-down seasons with the Saints, uh, number 79 on the top 99 uh, free agents list. Uh, Wes, is this an upgrade in the backfield for or in the secondary for the Colts? It is. Patrick Robinson was once a guy who used to check under his bed for Des Bryant before he went to sleep <laughs> because he got torched by him so many times with the Saints. But he, he rehabilitated his value in San Diego last year. He had a really good season. Can play the slot or outside. I think he'll probably end up in the slot in Indianapolis. Maybe he'll take Greg Toller's spot opposite uh, uh, Vontae Davis. But he's a good player. It's all about timing in, in life. You know, Patrick Robinson signs in the first 24 hours of free agency. He's lucky if he gets into the speed round. 
you sign on May, March 24th. <laughs> He's the number two item, and it's timing in free agency too. I think the Colts deserve some credit for not going too crazy in free agency this year, and I think this is the perfect type of second wave of free agency move. That they, It's like how much worse is your team really going to be because you have Patrick Robinson versus, say, Janoris Jenkins next year? I don't know. Maybe maybe you will be a lot worse. That's a good question. But I don't really know, and they're going to get him for like $3 million on, on a small deal. And with the draft coming up, because Dallas was pursuing him as well, I think it makes Dallas a clear mm. potential to go defensive back very high in the draft. They need a lot. It's a huge they need. So many needs, the Cowboys. In other news, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers had the first overall pick in last year's draft and took Jameis Winston. Uh, that left Mike Lennon in limbo with the franchise. He's viewed as a talented uh, quarterback that had some success before Winston got to town and there's always been speculation. It feels like for years now that he's going to be traded. Glennon, Dirk Cutter, the Bucks coach, said Wednesday uh, that the idea of uh, trading Glennon scares him a little bit. He said, a little, yeah. I'm on record saying that I think Mike Glennon is a starter in the NFL. I'm a huge Mike Glennon fan, so I'd love to have Mike Glennon, just say Mike, bro, on our football team. But it's a business, <laughs> and if something happens that he's not with us, well, that's why we acquired Ryan Griffin last year. Yes, we always talk about that Ryan Griffin trade from last year. But uh, so, Mike, it sounds like Former it. Tulane uh, starter, by the way, Ryan Griffin. Bang. It sounds like, Greg, <laughs> that the door is open for a trade, and it still makes sense, and I'll throw you know my jets out there to kick some tires on Mike Lennon. Well, Chris Wesseling has been at the front of uh, this story. You, Chris and Mike Francesa, by the way. Well, anybody that Mike Lennon. This is, is the third offseason where Glennon trade talk has yeah. become huge. But, but Wesseling has, is really pushing this Glennon to the Broncos narrative. Well, here's why it's narrative. What is it's it? interesting to me like on, on so many different levels. First of all, I guarantee you there are coaches in the NFL, there are scouts in the NFL who think more highly of Mike Glennon at $675,000 this year than they do of Brock Osweiler mm. at $37 million. You're saying, even it, you're saying if you even took out the salaries? Even if they you would take like out the better. salaries, okay. there, are, there are scouts and executives and coaches who, who would like – Glennon has a stronger arm. They have essentially the same QBRs and passer ratings. Glennon did it with lesser talent around him. Uh, he's more proven than Osweiler too. From the Bucks perspective, it's really interesting to me because he's entering the final year of his rookie contract. They have holes on that roster. They're different than the Bengals with McCarron. The Bengals are a Super Bowl contender. With McCarron having two years left on his contract, they shouldn't trade him. But the Bucks, do they have the luxury of sitting on Mike Glennon and losing him next year? Get a get four-year contract. You can pick him. up a second or third-round pick and, and get a starter on a roster that needs starters. And if Jameis Winston goes down, your season's over anyway. I couldn't agree more because why not? You're not going to the playoffs with Mike Glennon in that roster. Right. Sell high. I mean, at the, at the meetings, I was trying to, if I ever saw anyone on the Bucks, who were they sitting with? Who were they talking to? Because that's when that, I thought, maybe it goes down. That's who the, when they had those conversations. But Glennon, at this point, you can get something for him. There are teams that legitimately need a quarterback. The Jets would be very interesting. And Glennon, in the pre-draft process, was raved about by some people. They People that look at certain NFL quarterback types and say, this is what you, what you want, Glennon did all that. And then I think as a starter, he showed enough where why not take a chance? I thought he was good as a starter. I mean, I wasn't the only one. that I was really impressed with him as a starter. I was more impressed. I was you not. Know, 
than than Brock Osweiler. I think you have, but wait, you're... he fails my basic test for quarterbacks. He goes two or three quarters without moving the offense, and that's why he got benched for Josh McCown. I I think I look at Glenn, and, and I just I want pay, more patience with all these quarterbacks. But someone that if you can if you have to trade a mid round type pick for this, and it probably would be more than that at this point. I don't think I think, but that, what do you get? get what though. do you get in the third round in most drafts? If you look at most third round picks, right? So many of them you go get nowhere. Mike Glennon three years ago. I'd rather have him now. Absolutely. How about uh, how about the mood? By the way, you mentioned you know start the show. You know, our listener missed the moods of Mark Sessler, and I I did an NFL Now hit uh, a little earlier, and I would put Mark Sessler's mood after coming off of annual meeting as energized and um, thrilling. Thrilling. Have really? not slept in two nights. Well, I know, but you to me you've been a lot of energy, very positive. Like you seem like you're engaged. Like you are crushing the NFL world right now. You know you're coming off a big week, and you're feeling your oats. Kind of like a live wire right now. I am counting the clock until my show ends. <laughs> <laughs> I was being genuine. The um, the Giants lost 10 games last year. Seven of those defeats came by a combined total of 18 points. In five of those losses, they had a lead with a minute and 45 seconds to play. It was a problem. So Ben McAdoo, the new head coach, who is the new head coach, but the old head coach is – is strolling around on uh, in a scooter going to the, the Whirlpool at the Giants facility. Hey, Tommy, go home. <laughs> Tommy. Hey, Tommy, you did good things for us. It's very weird. You gave us two rings and a lot of dignity and a lot of class. Well, go home, Tommy. Time to go home. Ben McAdoo has formed a six-person <laughs> game management team <laughs> to identify and correct Big Blue's big problem with closing. Uh, <laughs> but you hire a ten-year-old who's played Madden. It's it, that really Madden does teach you a lot about clock management. But uh, it's a task force. It's a task force. Task force for this. <laughs> it's just throw money at it. It's kind of the thing that well, they're already new on, coaches do. Uh, they're on the. I don't think they're hiring outside. No, it's in. It's inside guys. They'll meet once a week on a Friday or Saturday morning. Uh, they're just he's trying to be proactive. I feel like this is something a new head coach does because he just wants to do something and this he wants guy's to make doomed in New York. Uh, you think so? Yeah, come on. He's got a six-person task force to fix something that any coach in the NFL should know how to do already. Well, Andy Reid can't do it, and he's a good coach. Well, Andy Reid's a good coach, but he's horrible at clock man. I'm just saying there there are ways to do this. Why don't you hire one analytics guy? Well, it's one thing that I would Six never, is better than one. That's why I was. Give me a break. I would never tell anyone <laughs> that you've done this because okay. immediately it's – a becomes joke, a joke, yeah. right? Let me listen. We're talking about it. We're giving it zero right. credence on he any level. He said they did it in Green Bay. That's where he got the idea. Well, but after they had the same sort of troubles, and then they made a little. I'm well, sure they're not. The Green Bay still got those troubles, but they're not the first team to do it point. or the last. But you don't. It's a bad time to advertise this. It, did you see Ben McAdoo in Florida? Yeah. Did he get new wardrobe yet to match his weight loss? Does or is he still, still wearing Van Dyke? Like he looked double good to me. Is he wearing like double XL polos on a no, 180 looked, pound he, frame? He looked uh, he his clothing fit. I think he had corrected that by the combine. He, you know, there were some comments. I think like a lot of Giants beat writers, and we could ask Connor for, but talking just a few of the guys that like Tom Coughlin, outside of a few small instances, was not easy to deal with. Right. And I think that they were saying that Ben McAdoo was a breath of fresh air for them covering the team. Yeah, Who cares was, what they think? Maybe you told me one quote. A guy was like, "Ben Maca, booyah!" I did not hear that from anyone. No, <laughs> that this no. this story would it be cool me, though if somebody did say that? Yes, it would be. You it, just did, so it is. Yeah. This story reminds me of of the one thing I really took uh, from Michael Lombardi when he worked there. Here, he, he always said they they never make statues uh, for committees. 
They're not. They're never gonna <laughs> be like that. Task force. That those meetings. That's what turned this ship around. And finally, in the news, uh, Ruben Randall, a former New York Giant himself, uh, wide receiver, has uh, signed a deal with the Philadelphia Eagles, a one-year contract worth three million, with five hundred thousand guaranteed. Ranked number two, num- number ninety-two on our list of the top ninety-nine free agents. If you haven't free agents, why not? Problems, I feel bad for you, son. I, I got, got ninety-nine problems, problems, but free agency. Ain't one. Whatever you can do. Running out of time to do it, you know what? Pat, Pat Rob, Patrick Robinson was around 72 or something. You know, we're told quite often that if you can say something on the podcast, you should be able to say it in writing. Ruben Randall's a challenge for that. How do you trash the guy in a story? How do you say this guy's lasted so long in free agency and the Giants got rid of him because he's a lazy route runner, doesn't show up to meetings, and is responsible for an abnormal percentage of Eli Manning's interceptions? Mm. Sam Bradford, he's all yours, baby. <laughs> <laughs> the Sam, I said yesterday, I tweeted out the Sam Bradford to Ruben Randall connection is going to be the Goldilocks. In fairness, he's basically replacing, you know, Miles Austin. Oh, it's as an upgrade the, as over the Miles Austin. Veteran, we don't really want on the team number four receiver. So, yeah, isn't it crazy that he's you're guaranteed in this profession he's going to make five hundred thousand dollars to be a guy that nobody has. Really, any expectation? More than that. Yeah. No, guaranteed, pro- wasn't it? Five hundred thousand. He'll probably make the team, right? Probably, yeah. I'm just saying, even if he, let's say he just absolutely stinks it up and he's out, he still makes. Oh, it's a good, that reminds it's a good gig. Uh, we talked about the rules we want to change in the NFL. Yeah, I, I should have gone against the catch rule and said I would like that now uh, NFL media inside NFL insiders mm-hmm. are no longer are allowed to repeat guarantees because they keep messing it up and they can't distinct. They can't uh, mm. make a difference between fully guaranteed and guaranteed. You've mentioned this. Before. Guarantees. Yeah. I think we should only report signing bonuses, and that's it. Mm. So the I'm long arm that. of Roger Goodell now extending into the media, telling them what to do. That it's a it's a big step that they would be taking. Well, he does have a pretty long arm. <laughs> Let's get into that a little bit more. Should he have that long an arm, Mark? You go first. Uh, I will uh, defer to Wes on this. Um. All right, that's what's happening in the news. <laughs> By the way, got uh, I should I should uh, surface this because uh, it was quite wild. I got a I think you saw this, Wex, a tweet. One of our listeners, uh, Vinny Houseplant. Yeah, Vinny. Hey, oh Vinny Houseplant. I don't know if he is in the band or if it's his buddy's band or if it's even a band at all. But it's a it's a group called Six Car Collision. Released a single, Greg. I don't know if you heard about this called. Hairsus. That's right. Yes. And lyrically, the song is in- entirely com- comprised of tweets from my history, and it kind of sounds like a pavement B-side. I actually kind of like the song, even if it wasn't about my hair. Can we hear a little bit of it, Brandon? Let's give it fresh ears, honest ears, and then give a nice review of it. Let's play, you know, to the chorus, through the chorus. Originality is burning Reminder of the darkest timeline My heart aches for Dwayne Bowe <laughs> Piven's hair is sentient Don't forget Jersey Yes, you'll learn He's a sad personal hardship Cause Cause 
Hair Respects Hair by Six Car Collision. Mark Sessler, your review. Promising. I feel like the high school version of me might have had that on a, a mixtape or something. <laughs> it's got a post-grunge sound to it. Yeah, definitely Pavement's way off base as a... As a you think how about so? Pete Yorn? I mean, maybe it's a little Pete Yorn. Yeah. You know, the production value is... I don't know. I mean, in my opinion, but that, uh, but that sort way of. off base as an opinion, that's like a shot. No, I mean, so, I'm saying wow. I'm saying no. just as a touchstone. It feels more like a... Like a Pete, yeah, Pete Yorn's be probably Petey. the best I got. Could be Petey. Kind of the singer-songwriter, soulful. This is the only song that this band has released? I need to, yeah, I could dig into that a little bit. Maybe they are doing songs about all of us, but Six Car Collision, Hairs This is the only one I'm aware of right now. Um, so good job, guys. Thank you for that. So you now have two songs for you, and we none of the rest of us has any. I'm amused for the audience, I guess. Uh, Maybe, I don't know. Listen, the door's open. I would love to hear a song about Greg or Wes or Mark. If anybody's out there with a musical heart. I'm fine with the way it is right now, but um, if they want to do that, that's... <laughs> that's, that's why it's go got to be, Mark. Uh, all right, let's get, let's get to DJ. You know, we haven't had this man, and when I say man, I mean man, in uh, <laughs> the old Studio 66 in some time. He is uh, the co-host of a popular podcast on NFL Media, one that I admire uh, greatly. Uh, Bucky Brooks is his co-host, but the man <laughs> to my left right now is Daniel Jeremiah, a.k.a. at Move the Sticks. I thought you were getting ready to say the man that carries it, Bucky Brooks. We couldn't get him. So uh, <laughs> settle for Daniel. Get him in here. <laughs> um, yes, Daniel Jeremiah, and I'm looking right now at your Twitter page. Give it to me. Uh, <clears throat> a nice graphic here in black and white. So that is for the, the uh, this um, – I say this show wrong. It's Mock Draft Live. Okay. It's launching wow. next week. So they have a bunch of this animation. And uh, when you look at that picture, i got a friend of mine that runs uh, is, is big in the tourism industry down in San Diego. He's been wildly successful. He's a funny dude. And looking at this, at this picture, he said, it's a Toontown font with an OG glare. Wow. Yeah, that's the way he described that. <laughs> I like that. It's accurate. A, I thought like maybe one of your kids made it for you because it does have that type of like <laughs> yeah, a cartoony look. Yeah. Yes. Anyway, and then you have like a Snapchat uh, image which really speaks to what's going on and when you talk big picture with DJ, DJ right season now, right now it's DJ season you're branding yourself you're <laughs> an important figure um, you know Daniel actually sat down and said I got 22 minutes you know why <laughs> you were a big time in us you got like 14 shows you got to do there you guys doing a lot of stuff the snapchat thing true story I had signed up for it a while ago and I'm like only you know and Bucky even said only like 13 14 year old girls do snapchat come on dude you're not doing snapchat <laughs> then Helly Helly has just gone all in on Snapchat. Oh, he so loves just it. to bust on him, I started cranking up my Snapchat, and so then I'll, I'll just – dude, I mean, is anybody even watching what, things? What is on? it, though? Do you have – I have well, no it's, idea. Well, it's like live uploads. We, you are really, we, are, we are really dating ourselves. Yeah, it's, no, it's that's okay. why I, I actually – true story. I, my, I have nieces and nephews, and I would call them on the phone and be like, how do I do this? What does this do? Okay, I don't want to send out so – how do I send it out to everybody? Like, it's literally been a learning process to kind of do it. But it is kind of fun. It's how that's how they communicate now. I mean, really. I have one too, but I, I signed up about six months ago and have not logged on since. And what's the icon? Why is it a ghost? <laughs> I have so many oh, questions. Yeah, that, that's a so great question. So it's just texting? That. Well, it's video text. It's video. You can take pictures or videos, but you just send them to your <laughs> – and then and it goes away. Whatever. Once right, there's no away. history, and that's – Oh, that's why the problems. teams like it. Right. And, Anyone, anyone thirty or under listening to this right now is just going, oh, That's so bad. Like We're smacking so their forehead. Yeah. Oh, dad. But why do I think Uncle they know Hoover. who we are? Why do you need it? 
It's the Why way do you need any? You could ask that about so many things that we're doing online <laughs> right now. Dan, though, when you're asked a question yeah. about this kind of stuff, I always come back to the old saying, it's better to hop on a moving train than to get run over by it. Ooh. That's right. That's inside <laughs> a fortune. Over. That's a fortune cookie. It is. <laughs> it's right there. All right. So, Daniel Jeremiah, uh, former scout, um, former uh, college quarterback. Uh, Not a very good one. A man that's been involved in front offices for uh, NFL teams. That's and still being say, recruited. Right? Nearly was again. He is, if you read reports out there, <laughs> this what this all goes back to DJ is on the top of the mountain in uh, this time of the year. So let's let's talk about it. And we are the first to say, DJ, we always are uh, on the Around the NFL podcast, that we are not college savants. We really plug in on these guys for the most part on draft day and moving forward. So we need to lean on an expert like you to help us out. So why the heck is, is Arnold from different strokes on your piece of paper right now? Can we discuss that before we get into the draft? Uh, that what I'm holding in front of me for people listening is the rundown of today's episode. And sometimes I like to put a cute little image that has um, nothing to do with it. Underneath the rundown, just it just like lightens the, the room and like. I don't know spirits. if you guys are going to talk about like Willis McGay here or something, and then no, there's kind of roll through with the like, what you talking about Willis or what? What? A lot of McGahee. Who is the Willis McGahee of this? Draft? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. You know, we'll see. We've got the Miles linebacker Jack from Notre Dame, right? Yeah. Or Miles Jack from UCLA. All right, well, let's McGahee. get in with the. Let's start right there. Jalen Smith, right? Wow. Big knee injury. Yeah. Uh, knee injury that has led to much consternation. But there, is it fair to say he's almost like an X factor of this draft? The guy, a monster talent, if healthy, could go at the top of the draft, and he's kind of a wild card right now. 18 minutes left. Um, <laughs> he is. Uh, <laughs> look, he he would have been in the mix to be my number one overall player. The highest grades that I Ow. gave out this year, just off the tape, Laramie Tunsil, and not to get way in the weeds, but like so, it, it, it's a 6.9 grade, right? And I gave the exact same grade to Jalen Smith. Those are the two highest grades I handed out just based off the tape. So. From that standpoint, he's in the mix to be my number one overall player with Tunsil. Just on a seven scale or an eight scale? Goes to eight. I've given out one. I gave out one eight zero in my career. And Who I'll is never, that? I'll never do it again. Clowny. Courtney no, Brown. No, this is going back when I was scouting, so you got to go. Uh, do you want to take a couple guesses? What, what position? DeMarcus? He ended up being the second pick in the draft. Hmm. Oh. Uh, Robert Gallery? No. Robert, Robert Griffin the third? third? No. Goes back further, a little bit further than that. Yeah, you got to think when when Sessler is just just a computer over here. He's yeah, taking it all. One more guess. Well, to make it a good one. Boop, 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 boop. One more guess. Number two. Well, supposed to be a transcendent player, and I bought. I just went all in on him. He did not end up being a transcendent player. He had a solid career. It might be over now. Reggie Bush. Yes. Uh, Interesting. Uh, Highest grade I ever gave for Reggie Bush. In the you building know, today. Dale Sayers. They said. I was reading the John Feinstein book, which DJ is a big big player in. Really? About the 2004 Ravens season, and he says that the only unanimous 8.0 grades in NFL history were O.J. Simpson and Bo Jackson. How about that? Yeah, we, we very rarely give him out. So it, he's injured. He's coming off an injury. But do you think it would be crazy, for instance, for Tennessee to take him one or or even Cleveland if they didn't want to go quarterback at two? Is that that, that crazy talking about then? Jalen Smith, yeah, sure. Uh, like, you know, why I, is that that crazy then? I'll, if he was the best player on tape, why, isn't it – Aren't they almost over? You're almost overrating the injury because it happened last year. But it's a major injury. Okay. It's not a standard ACL, and I'm not a doctor. But when you talk to people around the league and you start hearing names of Marcus Lattimore and Ifo Ekpre Olamu 
and these guys. I mean, it does. That's not. Love a little EFO. I know. I, I knew you'd appreciate it. You see, I looked at you when I said that. EFO. Uh, no, but I mean, like, these. He, he's literally the only person in America that's written articles about EFO that does not live in Cleveland, and he's written, like, or you, Well, when you can get him season. where they did in the seventh round, but where would. <laughs> but, but, are you gonna, but you don't know what you're going to. If you're going to play. I mean, Greg, so from if, a PR angle, if you take an injured player at one or two, I'm going to tell you that's going to be tough for you as a GM, Greg Rosenthal, the GM, to message to the city. Well, they're, it's going to happen. I mean, he's going to get taken early. Miles Jack is going to get taken early. Miles Maybe Jack's, it's not no, number one overall, but they're in the mix. Miles Jack's going to get taken early. Out from just from again from what I've heard from teams where their doctors are on Jalen Smith, he's not going to be selected early. I mean, so we'll see how far into the draft that we end up going. Oh, Lattimore ended up being what a fourth round pick, I think, for the Forty Niners, and never saw the field. So that's a cautionary tale there, and I hate it because he is a great player. If if you weren't going to take Tunsil one. For Tennessee, what do you think the other options would be? I think, I mean, first and foremost, I think they would love to get out of there if they could. If there's a market to get out of there, I think they'd be their first choice. But if not, if they sit there, I think you look at Tunsil. Um, you look at, uh, at Jalen Ramsey as being another option there. I think they probably bring him in, put him at safety, which is weird. I mean, we've never seen somebody go up there. And every time Charles on our on Path of the Draft, when he mentions that, or Bucky has talked about Jalen Ramsey doing that, all I can think of is, uh, is Shooter from uh, Hoosiers. No oh, yeah. school this small has ever won a state championship. <laughs> like, that's just, okay, sometimes it's – Well, what is special boxing. about Ramsey? I mean, I, I, the buzz on yeah. him is huge. He's, first of all, just the, uh, you know, the, the character, the intelligence, the work ethic, all that stuff that you don't see, that you hear about is just off the charts. Ultra competitive, all about football. That's all he cares about. He's played nickel. He's played safety. He's played corner. He's versatile. He's a rare athlete, and he's a long jump champion in the ACC. So he checks kind of all those boxes, and he hasn't – I mean, I'll say he hasn't mastered every single one of those positions because they have moved him around. But I think once they kind of settle him in, I mean, he can, he can be an all-pro. Is it like a honey badger situation? That's what I said, and actually I've had a, a team friend that said to me he's a bigger honey badger. Or Michael Huff. You know what? We love Michael <laughs> Huff. We love Michael Huff in Baltimore. Never had that, that type of a career. But People it was, again, with somebody that played all over the place. Right. This kid is, is, is physically stronger and tougher than Huff. Well, you were on, you were on the air today – uh, watching Carson Wentz's pro day—that's the big. It's a good one. News of the day, and the the just watching you guys and seeing some of those fifty-five yard bombs and the talk coming out of it, it almost reminded me of the reaction after Jamarcus Russell's oh, pro day. Wow. I mean, it was people on. were loving this Uh-oh. pro day. Like, what were your thoughts on that pro day, and does it make him even more likely to go number two? Well, it's it's one of the better pro days I've seen, and I you know f- from this vantage point, you know, being there is different. When you're live, you get a better feel for it. But just in terms of the four years I've been doing it here. Of all the workouts of these quarterbacks, that was as good as I've seen, just in terms of velocity, um, uh, accuracy, being able to change ball speeds and stuff, which is big, and that's uh, something that you saw there. The difference is, you know, with the Jamarcus Russell and this type of a comparison, obviously totally different kids and what, what was said about them off the field. Plus, even on the field with Jamarcus, uh, a lot of fastballs. I didn't know he had a great touch, and I will say I gave a big grade to Jamarcus Russell on the on the field. But this kid is is really got the ability to touch it up and make some some variety of throws. Were you concerned about his abilities with a wet ball? Oh yeah, the uh, the water <laughs> bottle. I, don't know. I, I mean, I watch that and I'm like, what is going on? Are we uh, a little too much sometimes? You know, pouring my, my Gatorade take water on, on a ball. My take on it is this was the North Dakota State Pro Day. Obviously, Carson Wentz was the main attraction. This is kind of their school's deal. So this is the you know, scripted workout. Let him go through that. 
if you want to bring all the water bottles and do all the stuff you want, if you want to have him throw a medicine ball instead of a football, schedule up your private workout with him and then go do that. But it just seems like the workout's over, and now all of a sudden the Browns come in and they get to call the shots on what happens here. It's just kind of goofy to me. They were the only coaching staff there? I guess the only head coach there is what because I Because of weather, though, too. Yeah, it was a tough time getting That's into Fargo. That speaks to Hughes' commitment, just driving through a well, blizzard way, in an old truck. The previous regime sent nobody to pro days for quarterbacks. That's so true. you have to. it's, it's good to just get someone in there to watch. Do you think he's a, a Hugh Jackson type of quarterback? I mean, if, if, if he's number two and they take a quarterback, and I know you know we already talked about Robert Griffin III is now there, but let's, let's still assume that there's likely to take one of those two. Do you think – Goff or Wentz is more of a Hugh Jackson style of player. The hard thing is when you have been in the league as long as Hugh Jackson, you can make a case for either guy, right? You can look at it and say he's had Carson Palmer. So Joe Flacco, he's it, had Andy Dalton, that's what he's I'm had saying. Jason Campbell. These are all different shapes and sizes and styles of quarterback play. So I don't know that there's one you know between him and Goff who really fits with Hugh better. I just say from having worked for two teams in that division, size was always a big deal to us, you know. And the interesting thing of that, which you can kind of contradict yourself, is we need the size to be able to hold up physically. Well, Carson Wentz has been injured in his career, and Jared Goff, who's skinnier, hasn't missed a start. So that kind of you know quells that argument a little bit. But I remember you know, Derek Anderson we took, and I've told this story a bunch, but when we were in Baltimore, we had a choice in the sixth round. It was Derek Anderson or Ryan Fitzpatrick, and that was kind of who we were going to go with to be who's going to be our developmental quarterback for the future. And, uh, and I did all the quarterbacks that year, and I ended up having Derek over him. I thought he's bigger, he's stronger. He's got more upside just in terms of his tools that he possesses. So he fits the AFC North a little bit better than Fitzpatrick does. Now, Fitzpatrick did a nice job with the Jets last year. But I, I'll still – I mean, I, maybe I'm – Made a lot of money. Well, maybe, it's about maybe, fit. It's about the fit no for question. your team, too. And, and when all these stats, because we had the Wentz Pro Day, all these Browns quarterback stats came up, you know, their win-loss record, which doesn't get solely attributed to the quarterback. Derek Anderson, when, when you stack him up with everything they've had in Cleveland since 1999, probably the best one that they've had. Well, I tweeted out something earlier – <clears throat> this year, when actually last year, when he played well filling in for Cam Newton, mm-hmm. what would have been wrong if Cleveland hadn't just kept Derek Anderson the entire time? <laughs> that ridiculous shirt with all the names, just stop it, yeah. Anderson. It wouldn't have yeah, been that any worse. would have been worse. a blast. Yeah. Well, it would have been so much fun. It, but I think when you look at I – mean, I don't know where you guys would stack him up with backup quarterbacks. And like, I think he's one of the best backup oh, quarterbacks. Absolutely. You're right. Well, all right. You so, love Carson Wentz, by the way. It, huh? It's obvious how much DJ wants I liked him. You know, it's just he's funny. afraid it, it's, that the Browns are going to take him. It's funny, it's funny to me because – you know, look, it, very early on in the process, I, I, I'm not a jerk, so I don't do it, but you almost want to save some of the replies that you get on mock Dude. drafts and on tweets because when I came up with my first one, I think on my first mock draft, I had him going two to Cleveland, and then I have him, he still remained in my seventh overall player in the draft, and I got so, so much true. vitriol, and That's people true. lost their minds. And then now it just kind of become as we get closer to it, it's just kind of accepted, you know. People <laughs> lose their minds on mock drafts, which they are do. entirely meaningless. It's hilarious to me. <laughs> um, all right, DJ. So Mayock has the pound the table, guys. That's his phrase. You should be making money off. Stand on the table. Are you a lot? Stand on the table. First of all, do you have a phrase? Um, I'm surprised you even can say Mayock's name in front of DJ. You know, it's like saying Schefter around Ian Rappaport. That's oh just no, me and Mike get along well. I, I uh, you know, <laughs> I that's just kind of that's that's total scout speak though. All right, and on the table for who are your guys? Who are your guys that you love above all guys? I think we just talked about one in Wentz, but is there a couple other guys maybe that you absolutely are in love with at this time and you want to just? I'm amazing. I've had another quarterback that I've kind of been. Let's hear it. 
mm. riding throughout the whole process. And I think it's going to be a value guy. I think you get him in the third round. Maybe you even get him in the fourth round. Brandon Allen from Arkansas. Mm. Everything. Everybody laughed about the hand Brandon size and the whole massage deal. And oh, yeah, that, that guy. He is a good player, man. When you study him, it's like Ole Miss, Mississippi State, two really, really good opponents. He plays well in those games. Comes under center in that pro-style system at Arkansas, which I like. The kid, you know, one of the things Ozzy would always ask in interviews of players, which I always took note of, he would always ask, you should do this when you're when you're uh, trying to hire people underneath you guys as you okay. to rise up like, and I'm control taking this notes. entire network, um, <laughs> is what's the toughest thing you've ever overcome, you know, personally and in your playing career? Because the NFL, if you look at the guys that have flamed out, a lot of them never had any adversity at all in their life or as, as a football player, and they couldn't handle it. I mean, obviously, Ryan Leaf is kind of the poster child for that, right? right? Got some adversity, couldn't handle it. Um, you look at Brandon Allen, somebody who, when he was struggling earlier in his career, they egged his his house, they egged his car at Arkansas. I mean, like anything would scare this kid away. Just like I'm transferring, I'm not putting up with this anymore. He stuck it out. He stayed there, battled through it, and that to me shows a lot about who he is. Yeah, that's like uh, Jason Better. Street's backup in Friday Night Lights. There you go. <laughs> a lot of parallels. There. <laughs> it's, it's, it's good he didn't say uh, his hand size Harrison. was the biggest obstacle, and that he's already overcome it. Is that Mo- Mox? What's that? Mox was that Friday night? Mox is no, varsity. Matt Saracen. Oh, Saracen. Oh, yeah, Saracen. You're thinking of varsity blues. I do like Saracen. Hey, Mox. But Saracen, how is he Saracen. pulling those hours? How is he pulling those work hours and yet still miracle man? Well, he and taking care he of his grandma. It. He wants it more. Yeah. It he wants taste, it more than you. He wants freeze? it more. He certainly wants it more than old. Uh, what's his name? JD McCoy. Oh, so spoiled. <laughs> The Tasty that, Freeze, is that the name of that place? Yeah. I believe so. We really dipped into fake quarterbacks very quick. <laughs> um, we have a couple of minutes left. I do. Let's ask one more. Six uh, minutes. Six minutes. Let's okay. ask one more question about this this college football game that people enjoy. Uh, By the way, I'm just curious. And then I got to talk I, about I know UFOs. you guys are NFL fans, so let me yeah. ask you guys a question. Can we just go around the table and tell me? I know maybe you're not hardcore college fans, but who's your favorite college team? Because I don't know. Greg, who's your favorite mm. college team? It's good. The closest thing is Tulane. You know where I went. Yeah, well, there you yeah, go. Tulane. Big Sean King guy. Go ahead. Uh, Northeastern disbanded their college team, so uh, <laughs> Notre Dame I grew up as a fan. You were a Notre Dame yeah. fan? What we got here, Wes? I was Notre Dame growing up. Now I don't. I didn't graduate from any of these places. Agnostic so no, at all. I have no. No, no, no nothing. nothing. I have no school that I went. No I transferred soul. like 12 I times. That's the problem. <laughs> but my dad – my dad and I, I grew up in upstate New York before we moved, and my dad loved uh, Syracuse, so I, I stick with him on that one. Wait, so I want, oh, hold on. What's hold your on. team other than obviously Apple? I grew up, State, I grew up a USC fan. So, so you're still yeah, he's a still Southern like California kid. Okay. But I want to know, okay, this is curious <laughs> to me. No, <laughs> you have no team West. that you root DJ for. Taken over the show. You have no Let team that you root for, but how about is there a team you enjoy watching lose in college football? No, and I – don't want to get too heavily into this, but I absolutely <laughs> fear and loathe the NCAA as an institution. Okay, there we go. That's all I need. <laughs> By the way, he has the uh, he has uh, what you're talking about, Willis Arnold picture on his laptop. That's good. <laughs> it's a very themed episode. Size it together. Going here. DJ uh, remembers back when uh, Tulane w- was in the top oh, ten. Yeah. I can tell you my Tulane story. I'll give you a Tulane scouting story. Let's hear it. Wow. Um, I go to watch JP Lossman and Moeldy Moore. Oh, they're I love playing, Moeldy They're Moore. playing against Navy. And uh, when, you're, when you're scouting quarterbacks, you always want to go see him play live. Not only can you see him throw the football, but you can see him interact with their teammates. So I'm watching him, and, uh, man, first of all, you're a first-round quarterback with a, a running back that I think went in the second round, right, to, this, to the Steelers. Yeah, second or third. You should third. be able to beat Navy or at least be competitive here. <laughs> this team won like two – Tulane was terrible. Yeah. 
And uh, he was – I wrote down in my notes, too, he had all the wristbands and all that. Too cool for school. Like, just, just – it was such a bad vibe I got from him wow. from that live game. So, I was kind of – I was off him. And there's a quarterback in this draft class that I got the exact same vibe on, but I'm not going to tell you who it is. Oh, I know. It was, it was – no. No, I'm not, I'm not Paxton saying. Lynch. I'm not saying. Out of Memphis. I'm not saying. <laughs> it's Connor Cook. I, I believe no, no, you're right, by the way. Moel D. Moore was the captain, and there was a big divide. It was like a story back there. There was a big divide on the team. If you're quarterback, I love, I gave, divide. I gave Moel D. Moore a big grade, by the way. I, I like Moel D. Moore. He went career. fourth round to the Vikings. Yep. Is that what it was? I think he did. I like Moel D. Moore. Well, Any other Tulane football sorry, talk before sorry. we uh, – you know, Matt Forte? How much time do we have left, DJ? We are down oh, to – I have a question. Three and a half minutes. Okay, three and a half minute countdown. Where should Ezekiel Elliott go or where do you think he's going to go? He's my sixth overall player, so I don't argue with, you know, people have talked about him. Any chance before. he lasts to the Raiders at 14? I think there's a chance, yeah. I think there's definitely I, a chance That would be there. a good match. The teams that the, – the Cowboys kind of control this draft. What they do at four can kind of mm. really kind of – So they could go – Elliot, Why do you say they that? Could go Joey Bosa, they could go quarterback. That's the whole thing. That's the three the three people, <clears throat> and that'll determine kind of what. I mean, they slides. got to know Wentz at the Senior Bowl too, the Cowboys. Yeah, no, exactly. So you look at quarterback, you look at pass rusher, you look at running back, and if they whatever one they don't take could lead to somebody picking after 10, 11, 12 in that range, getting a player they'd never thought they'd have a shot at. What about oh. this? Do you see anyone, gun to head, jumping up to number one? You know, a lot of people are predicting this, but I don't see it because the teams that need a – you go up to number one only for a quarterback. That's it, in this draft class especially. So if you're the Cowboys, you're not going to trade picks to go up there and get somebody that's going to sit behind Romo for a couple of years. I've been adamant they should take one at four, but not trading capital to go up there. So you take them out. But that means maybe they trade up to San Diego at three to get ahead of Dallas or who knows. Yeah, but the, all the way up to number one. And then I look at San Francisco as another team, and that's just not really their style, the way they do things. They, have a, they need every draft pick. The team, that, the team you could make the case for that should, if you're going to trade all the way up there to get a quarterback, is the Rams. You're coming to L.A. Maybe you could put a package together of picks and maybe a player or two and what say, pick okay, are they at? we're going to go 15. 15. How will so they go 7-9, and nine, though, if they hit on a quarterback? Right. <laughs> you heard my, you've heard my thing on that, which no. I've changed. I just said that they should move the Indianapolis 500 to St. Louis, is what I used to say, because nothing epitomizes is 500 more than the Rams. Oh, <laughs> nice. Wow. Them. So, the Eagles, but they're moving out here. Maybe this will be good for them. Maybe they get over the hump yeah. here. The Eagles moved up to number eight reportedly because they yeah. see this is like a 10 player draft. Yeah. What do you, where's the tier, where does the tier end as far as you're concerned? I kind of have it at that, uh, you know, I have six players plus the two quarterbacks. So I kind of look at it as those eight guys. Okay. Um, so six position players, you know, outside the quarterback reign, and then those two quarterbacks slide in there. The so six players are. The six players are, we look at uh, Tunsil, Ramsey, Miles Jack, Bosa, DeForest Buckner, and um, gosh, I just got five. Who is my – Who is my? oh, Ezekiel Elliott. There you so go. that's there you the go. six. You could check out Daniel Jeremiah's latest mock draft on NFL.com. You could check him out on Path to the Draft, 6 p.m. Eastern NFL Network. Check out the Move the Sticks podcast with uh, Bucky Brooks. Is it twice a week or are we at once a week? Uh, we do a video, the YouTube thing, once a week, and then the audio deal is twice a week. It's good to see you two have put your, your differences behind you, the two Dan's. Uh, we have. I mean, we have. It took a while. Actually, it took some therapy together. Well, he's it's, like, it's he's, all for show. It's look. He's he's like the, he's the Mr. Drummond to my Todd Bridges. You know, <laughs> that's what it is. Finally, before you go, are you a believer? You see the uh, Aaron Rodgers UFO story. I I actually have not. All I've right. been so immersed in this. He, draft he stuff, told the story really... on a podcast that uh, he saw a UFO in 2005 um, in New Jersey. Do you believe in life beyond us? I do not believe in UFOs. Okay. So does that answer your question? Yeah. yeah. 
you're on my I think I left the question too open-ended. Yeah. I got banged. I think we're still thrown off by the definition of UFO. Okay, for another the next alien time life forms. He's basically. By the way, by alien the way, life forms. at the at the twenty uh, second. Uh, Damn it! I missed my end show, and then he hits me with the UFO question. <laughs> <laughs> Way to spend your time wisely there. See you Thanks, folks. DJ. There he is. Thanks, yeah. DJ. Thank you. A closing shot at me, but I still respect the man. How could you not? Daniel Jeremiah moved the sticks. Off to his next job. Check out his next. And looking good, by the way, for a man that blew his his body's still looking great. (laughs) Very fit. Save that for the body podcast. Very swift. And there he goes, Daniel Jeremiah. What a man. He's on top of the world right now. He is. He's very sharp. And it is, you know, I, as Greg knows, led to some consternation with Greg and I that, you know, I get a little defensive about competing podcasts. But uh, DJ... And Bucky, they do their own thing, and they know their stuff. Everybody should listen to it if you're like a college fan. <laughs> DJ knows and so much. Like I, yeah. I would love to like get him like tied up in a chair and have him drink truth serum because there's so much. There's things he's telling us, but what he's what he knows about that he's not telling anyone. That's where the goods Interesting, are. Interesting. Your mind immediately went to tying him up. Well, when someone takes okay. truth serum, right? Strange. Don't they typically just, have them like you don't? You but know. taking another man into like a dungeon area and yeah, tying like him like up, a, like a kidnapping scenario seems for his dramatic. NFL knowledge. <laughs> Nothing in the broom closet, but one dangling one hundred white lo- uh, one hundred watt light bulb. <laughs> yeah, I mean that's the, you know we need sounds to go hot. Road. I mean it's erotic. It's not a hotness thing. Oh. I'm trying to get information out of him. <laughs> it's not a hotness thing. <laughs> Uh, okay, that's it for Thursday's edition of the Around the NFL podcast. Marks, th- thanks for uh, coming back and being a live wire in a big spot. Great show. Great to see you again. Great content. It's Great good to, to have you back. Uh, we will be back next week, uh, Monday, maybe Tuesday. We haven't quite decided yet with a brand new show uh, talking about, guess what, the football, but also some other thing, you know, slice of life type stuff, a little mirth. In there, you never know what we're going to talk about. (laughs) Until then, this is Dan Hansis signing off for Quiet Storm. The mailman. The bears. No, the boss. Nailed it. (laughs) And the Irishman behind the glass. (laughs) Till next week. One of my favorite uh, ATM podcasts ever is when he hosted last year, Dan, when you were out on vacation. Did he? Oh, that yeah. was funny. Yeah. Oh, it's so great. And he opens up and he's like, you know, welcome to Roomfield with Heroes. Yeah. He's like, he you're wondering, you're wondering where Dan Hansis is. No, he has been fired. So it was <laughs> yep. so great. That's is that the last time he was on? I think. Oh, really? He wasn't on during the whole season. No. No, Ooh. right? No, he wasn't welcome back after that. <laughs> oh, that's great.
you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union. A savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. What's up, y'all? Janice Torres here. And I'm Austin Hankwitz. We're the hosts of Mind the Business, Small Business Success Stories, a podcast presented by iHeartRadio's Ruby Studios and Intuit QuickBooks. Join us as we speak with small business owners about the tools they use to turn their ideas into success. From finding that initial spark of entrepreneurship to organizing payments and invoices, we've got you covered. So follow and listen to Mind the Business, Small Business Success Stories on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts.